Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to a very special episode of Tales from the Barrel. This that, is Brian. And that's Brian, and this is Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah, it's a whole new bonus episode. So, yeah, we could do things a little differently, go by different names. I mean, who knows? We can do whatever we want. This is our uh, this is our little side side gig of our side gig. So, uh, we've it, talked It's it's our passion. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is you know, and Andrew 4 years ago, maybe <laughs> threw me down the fucking rabbit hole. Um, pardon <laughs> language i don't know um but he, he threw me down the rabbit hole and he knows that i have this weird addictive personality and collective gene in my body and uh, got me into bourbon and i just went and i'm staying away from scotch so nobody give us anything about scotch because uh i'm not i'm just not going to do it i can't um but bourbon does have a connection to barbecue and that's one of the things that we kind of like about it. And by that, we mean a lot of people in barbecue drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's three main ingredients in bourbon or main ingredients in the process of bourbon that really do tie into barbecue. And it's wood, fire, and time. Um, you know, the, the wood barrels, the charring of the barrels makes up, I mean, from, from what we learned, over 50% of the flavor comes from yeah. that. I mean, you could even take it a little further and say wood heat and time because um, part of the aging process of bourbon is... Is it getting different influxes of heat that that help age it and give it character and give it flavor? And, wow, check it. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to sit here and pretend like we're bourbon experts. We're just two dudes that like to drink bourbon. Um, but we, you know, we do know a little bit about it, and we have, you know, tried to do our homework as much as we could. And that was yet another reason for taking this trip was yeah. was getting more experience with it. And and we've been incredibly lucky um, through friends like Corey Taylor and others that have helped us, um, Chris. Um, and, and others that have really helped us kind of learn more, taste some of the rare stuff and, and get an affinity for what we like. But uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later too. One of the things that I love that we do is we'll do blind taste tests so that we, we don't know what we're drinking. We'll, we'll rank them. And that way we know if, if it's, it, it's not about the hype, but we know that we're not playing into the hype. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're going to chase the brand names, the names you've heard of a thousand times, the Buffalo Traces and all the different brands that they've got that are so popular, the Pappies, the Wellers, the BTAC and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's plenty of great bourbon out there that isn't Buffalo Trace. And that's not to, you know, that's not to talk bad about Buffalo Trace. We love plenty of their products as well. Um, but we're just going to kind of go into a little bit and there's, you know, we'll, we'll semi-apologize in advance. There's no real form or reason to this episode. We just kind of want to talk about... We want to talk about bourbon. bourbon. And, yeah. Know, if you guys uh, want to listen in, that's phenomenal. Right, you right. Know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? It's going to cost you just as much money as every barbecue episode <laughs> yes. we put out, which is zero dollars. And we would like some feedback if if these things... And, and I know we've talked about tacos and other episodes. Like, If you're okay with us kind of venturing out, whether we need to create a series of different names or something so that... You, you know which ones you want to listen to or not. Let us know. like And let us know what you'd like to listen to. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go into wrestling, but, you know, if, <laughs> if everybody wants to hear about wrestling, we'll bring some wrestler on the on the show. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might he might call himself a wrestler. Right, yeah. right. Now, we, uh, we planned this trip. Well, we actually planned this trip like three years ago, uh, but COVID got in the way of that. So uh, we've, been, we've been trying to, number one, 
first and foremost, we wanted to get back out to hog country, even separate from the bourbon. We wanted to get back out to the Carolinas, Tennessee, some of these really great whole hog places. But of course, with our with our love of bourbon, we wanted to see if we can tie as much of both into one trip as possible. Um, and and again, we had a, a really cool trip planned that COVID kind of ruined. Um, but we started working on this several months ago. Um, started kicking around ideas, what we can do, how we could do it. You know, this is uh, this is basically us taking a week off of work to go you know gallivanting around the country yeah. uh drinking and eating which is not the worst thing in the world um, no no but but andrew's such a cruel taskmaster that like we can't just do one or the other or we and we can't afford to fly in and, and i mean that would be wonderful but we have to plan these things in road trip fashion so you know day one was 950 over 950 miles of driving in, in the it, first day it was uh, about 20 hours in the car from the time we left to the time we actually got to the hotel it was a grueling day we knew it would be in advance um but it didn't make it any easier um but we uh we, we knew we wanted to get into kentucky by the end of day one because it would give us the best chance to experience as many of the distilleries as possible you know go to as many places around kentucky i mean we've I'm not going to say we've been all over Kentucky, but we've covered a decent swath of the state from western, central to eastern, um, just trying to, to go to as many different distilleries as possible and, of course, trying to cram in food and, and other and cool we'll stuff. And we'll do more again because Andrew, Andrew now found out why. I, I got to go last <laughs> year with my wife, Leslie, and we, we hit up some distilleries and we got some bottles. And I told Andrew, I said, this is it's a lot of fun and it's enjoyable um, and and you have the opportunity to get some some of the better bottles, not not the most coveted bottles, but better bottles than you can see on the shelf normally. Right. I mean, just to, and again, guys, we're I mean, we're not sitting here flexing and bragging about oh we got this, we got that, but like this is to let you guys know that that yes, you might get lucky and, and luck into some of the stuff too. You know, so just just a few of the bottles that we got, um, we did an old Forester tour, and they were selling in the gift shop well, what they call their one seventeen series which is kind of a series of one-off specialties that they do, and they sell them in 375 milliliter bottles. Um, they had two different ones for sale on the day we were there, so we were able to each get you know both different expressions. Um, so that was really cool, because again, that's not something we're ever gonna see in a store, and both Brian and I are very, very averse to paying secondary prices. Yes, yes. Um, so it was cool to, to be able to get these things at retail. And Four Roses, I mean, we were able to get the it's private I'm, barrel, I'm really, private select, single barrel private select. Barrel strength, is, yeah. Which is distillery distiller's choice yes it was well. uh, yeah it was picked by the master distiller at four roses brent elliott um really excited about that one again it's just a matter of we were we were going there for a tour anyway so the tours usually start in the gift shops at most of these places uh go to the gift shop and that was one of the bourbons they had for sale and of course you know we're not going to pass that up because that's a you know a opportunity we're not going to get yep. maybe ever again uh, so we each got a ball of that um, and then same thing at Buffalo Trace. Um, it, I know you know most people that are familiar with bourbon are probably familiar with Buffalo Trace. They are the most famous brand, especially when it comes to like sought after allocated stuff. Um, everything from Blanton's, the different Weller line to the different, <clears throat> excuse me, each Taylor line to the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, also known as BTAC, and then of course Pappy Van Winkle. Happy. Which, uh, which is, you know, the great white whale for many, you know, the bourbon community. It's beyond the great white whale. Like, it, like you will never see a pappy on a store shelf. Never. No. Well, Nobody will. Well, well, that, yes and well, no. Well, yeah, not, <laughs> not anywhere near the retail. Yes, the, the yes. The, yeah, you, you'll run into stores here and there that have these insane markup prices on, on bourbon. And you might see a pappy in there for 10 to 15 times what its retail price yeah, would my, be. My favorite this trip was Weller Special Reserve Pint 
for $75. Yeah, which is like a $12 to $15 bottle or something And it's like not that. that hard to get. No. Like, this is special right. reserve. We're not talking about any of the other ones. Um, the last trip I took, uh, McKenna 10, and again, this gets a little deeper. You have to kind of know what we're talking about. But McKenna 10 was $99. It's a $35, $40 bottle. Yeah. So just just to give people a kind of a quick rundown, we're not going to go into because if you ever take a distillery tour, you're going to hear the same exact basic facts at every single tour you ever take. Um, if you, it's the same thing as if you've taken a bunch of wine tours or taken a bunch of beer tours. When you've seen one, give or take a few tidbits, you've seen them all. Um, and bourbon is no different from that. The process of making bourbon, aging bourbon, you know, distilling, all of that, it's, it's the same process. You know, people have different recipes and, and slightly different things that they do that make their product unique. But for the most part, it's the same. So we're not going to get in the minutiae, all of that. But, but just to give you a rundown of, you know, what we tend to look for in bourbon. And, and Brian and I's tastes are, I, I would say our taste in bourbon is probably way more different than our taste in barbecue. We're pretty aligned on most barbecue places. Well, well. But, but uh, it's it's like it's just like everything. It's like cigars. It's like, and it is like barbecue for people that come from different regions. I mean, again, some people like like moist brisket. Some people can't stand moist brisket. And you know what? That's okay. They don't listen to our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably <laughs> don't actually. Um, you know, but and and bourbon's the same way. Look, enjoy whatever you enjoy. But that's why we recommend doing things like the blind taste test because yes. then you're not you're, you're not influenced by the advertising or the hype and you're just drinking what you want to drink and that and, and honestly there's really good 20 to 30 dollar bourbons right um, and there's really bad 200 to 300 dollar bourbons right yeah. yeah i mean it's it's all about drinking what you like and, and discovering what you like and, and taking risks on things i mean i get it i'm not going to sit there and walk into a store and see a 200 dollar bottle on the shelf that i've never heard of and buy it like i'm not going to do that that's not my budget that's not my price point but if I see a bottle that a buddy has told me about, he's like, oh, yeah, it's 30, 35 bucks and it's really good. And, you know, if it's someone I trust, I'll, you know, if I see that bottle in the store, I probably will buy it. Um, but, yeah, trying to find the things that, that kind of fit what you're looking for, what your palate is. And that takes time. I mean, none of us, you know, start And it changes. It does. I, I think that's yes. the other thing that's really big. And, and, again, not to keep bringing in cigars, but it's the same thing with cigars. The longer you smoke, the more you smoke cigars, you're probably going to want a bolder profile. And I think that's the same thing with, with bourbon. You know, the, the longer that you drink it and the more that you drink it, you're going to want a stronger profile. Right. I would say, like, to me, one of my biggest rules that I would try to give anybody is don't be a slave to proof. Good, high, low, or in the middle. There are plenty of bourbons in the 90 proof range that drink really hot. There are plenty of bourbons in the 115 proof range that drink really smooth. It's all a matter of the factors that go into that bourbon, the the mash bill, and and when I say mash bill, that's the recipe for the bourbon. How much corn? How much rye? How much wheat? Um, when we're talking about aging, aging is a very big big factor in the smoothness and of the how bourbon it's you're aged. drinking. Yes, I mean, and, and let's kind of take a detour a little bit of that. I mean, you know, Kentucky has a certain climate. Bourbon is not limited to Kentucky; it can be made anywhere in the U.S. But one of the things is the climate, and, and you can kind of compare it to Fredericksburg and and uh, wine, is that there's a certain, you'll never get that exact same climate that you're getting in in France or in California that you're going to get in Fredericksburg. But that doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It just means that it's going to be a little different. Right, yeah. A, a bourbon might come to a more mature, you know, a quicker maturity in Texas. and Not probably, it will come to a quicker maturity in Texas than it's going to in Kentucky just because of the the heat because if you're not familiar i mean again we're i know we're talking a different topic than we usually talk so we're going to go a little more basic than they probably would have 
um, if we we're talking barbecue at this point. But but yeah, with with bourbon, bourbon is stored traditionally in open kind of open air, what they call rick houses or warehouses, um, where there might be stored on you know one the first floor, the second floor, the third floor, depending on how big the, the warehouse or rick house is. Um, and they're they're again they're exposed to the elements. They're exposed to cooler falls and cooler winters, warmer. You even, know. even the the barrels that are on the east side versus the north side are going to get different temperatures throughout the day. Right. Um, but our fellow Texans will know that hey, in Texas for a good chunk of the year it's hot <laughs> as hell, all day, all night. It's hot. It's humid as hell. So the 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 characteristics are going to change. I mean, taking it back to barbecue, it's the same as smoking meat outside in minnesota in april versus smoking meat outside in texas in july you're going to have a lot of different factors that go into that cook that affect the final product um it's the same thing with bourbon i mean it's a obviously a longer time frame we're talking about a 12 to 15 hour brisket cook versus a two to 10 year aging of bourbon so i mean i know it's not apples to apples but it's kind of a similar trait it is and another thing is that age is an important thing but it's not the only thing, just like proof isn't. But, you know, a 12-year bourbon isn't always going to taste better than a four-year bourbon by any means. But it's one of those factors. Right. And, you know, there's there's so many other ones. But another thing that I really love about bourbon is there is zero artificial coloring and zero artificial flavoring. So what you, what you see in the differences in bourbons and the colors comes only from the barrels and the time. Nothing else. Right. And and, and going into, because we talked about it at the top of the show, going into fire being a factor in bourbon as it is in barbecue, um, when we talk about the barrels, so one of the rules of bourbon is bourbon has to be made in what they call virgin oak barrels. Um, that means barrels that have never been used in any other sort of aging or, or never had any other juice put in them. Um, and, when, and they have to be charred oak barrels. Now, the charring, there's different lengths of time you can char the barrel. And when we say charring, it's literally charring. It's a hot intense fire burning on the inside of the barrel for a length of time that could be as little as 10 to 15 seconds could be as long as a you know 45 seconds um, and different distilleries will have different ways that they char in different lengths of time but that char is a crucial factor in what flavors that bourbon because bourbon at the end of the day like the actual recipe of bourbon is very simple and so a lot of the flavor really comes in from the aging and from the barrel and the char that you put on the barrel and, and how smooth that aging to bring it back to kentucky how smooth that aging is when you have great variations over a year of cold to hot what happens is the 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 whiskey literally soaks into the barrel staves and then it comes back into the into the liquid and so that happens when it gets cold and hot and cold and hot so the the bigger the extreme the more that that impacts it and it's not necessarily a good thing you know you need you need a balance of all of that and talking with you know bringing it back again like we're going to try to tie as much of this barbecue as we can we know we have a barbecue audience so it's uh, a lot of us but that's why we really like like bourbon specifically more than any other liquor it really does correlate because you know we want to talk about yeah, everyone wants to complain about the price of brisket because it's insane right now, and the yield on brisket is terrible. Well, think about the yield on bourbon. The yield on bourbon can vary greatly depending on how long you're aging it. Uh, the longer you age it, the lower yield is going to be. Probably the the thing that surprised me the most when I started learning a little bit deeper about bourbon is how much is lost during the aging process, and and aging gets soaked into the wood and never comes out during the aging process, and it also evaporates. And the longer it ages, the less there's left in the barrel. They're 55-gallon barrels, 
and I, I think was it twenty years? There's like maybe ten percent or less. Yeah, it's left. It's, it's crazy how much you can lose depending on how long you age that bourbon. And so again, the yield on that product can be anywhere from seventy percent on a younger bourbon to fifty percent to twenty percent, depending on how long you're aging that bourbon. And so like think about, I mean, obviously Pappy 23 is one of the older bourbons you've probably heard of. Extremely rare, extremely hard to find, crazy expensive, all that fun stuff. But a 23 year old barrel of bourbon is going to yield so much less actual juice. Starting at 55 gallons, you may get eight to 10. Right. Think about all of that lost volume that's just gone forever. Right. Yeah. The number of bottles you're going to get out of that barrel is crazy small. Which is, you know, yet another big reason why there's so little of that type of product around. And from what we've tasted in general, I mean, there's there's definitely a certain a certain point when aging is is less beneficial. You know, it's it's the same thing I think. And and again, in smoked meats, but in in steaks, dry aging, there's a certain time point when you know that's too far to dry age yeah no absolutely um and it depends on again it all, of course depends on personal preference and taste and palate um for anything it's one of the things that brian and i probably are pretty aligned on um you know whereas proof wise i might like a little higher proof than he does that kind of thing but when it comes to aging i think we're pretty similar in what we prefer um just personal preference i kind of think that the i would say the eight to twelve year time frame I was say seven is the bare minimum and 15 would be kind of the, the that, maximum the maximum yeah. yeah but 10 to 12 to me is like perfect right yeah i mean when you, when you start getting 15 plus on bourbon in a barrel you're getting really strong oaky notes because it's been sitting in an oak barrel for 15 20 however many years and, and depending on how they store it some places rotate their barrels some places don't i mean one of the things we we learned on this trip is in in the taller rick houses it can be 50 degrees difference from the bottom floor to the top floor in a, in a single day and so you think about 50 degrees difference in a barrel at the bottom and a barrel at the top that makes a huge difference these rick houses were not built by mill scale they don't have an even temperature from first floor to 10th floor or sunny moberg or any of those guys no but yeah it's it's a huge variance in everything that goes into bourbon when it comes to again time temperature where they're stored you know it's uh, it's a really big deal and it really does affect the flavor that you taste in the final product and then again, we'll, you know, again, if you'll allow us in other episodes, we'll get into this a little bit deeper. But, you know, single barrel versus uh, small batch versus specialty batches. I mean, one of the things is that, uh, you know, because you have that difference in temperature and that difference in aging and the flavors, a lot, a lot of a lot of bourbons are what they do is they mix all of those together. And it's good in some ways because it balances out the flavors. Uh, but single barrel is where they literally all of the that one bottle comes from one 55 gallon barrel and it it can be a good one if the person that picks it has the same taste as you but just because it's single barrel doesn't mean it's good for you because like i said it may be if if andrew picked a barrel and i picked a barrel they would be different right you know Uh, oh yeah absolutely yeah i I mean and that's one thing that it's especially in Texas. It's getting harder and harder to do because the the liquor stores in Texas are they're a pain in the ass. Um, it's there's no regulation when it comes to, to booze in Texas, um, and and you can well, get, there's a lot of regulations. Well, well, but yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. When, but when it comes to the availability of some of the allocated stuff, it's it's kind of goofy. Um, but yeah, what you can do if you have if you have your local trusted store that that does barrel picks, and, and there are plenty out there. Um, 
try a few, especially if you can get some of them at the like lower price point to really decide like, okay, do the people picking for the store, do they have a similar taste that I do? Because yeah. um, you can find some really awesome stuff. Yeah, well, Specs, Total Wine, I mean, their, their store picks are the same price as the non-store picks. Right. So you're not paying extra for that store pick, but it's coming from a, a barrel or a set of barrels that they that someone representative of them chose right and so like you know trying out and that's why i'd recommend if you you know if you're able to if you're something you're really interested in getting into trying out because a lot of times yes it would be great to have a, a store pick blantons or a store pick of one of the really you know highly sought after allocated stuff but there's plenty of store pick stuff that is on the shelf today you could walk into a liquor store today and find that might be at a lower price point might be more accessible and easier to get seen buffalo trace store picks yeah, I mean, what, yeah one of the one of the easiest to obtain when they're available, I mean, they still have to be available, but I mean, and, it, and it's a very good bourbon at a very good price. Yeah, I mean, I mean 1792 store picks come out fairly mm-hmm. frequently, just different different distilleries you can find some store picks on. You know, I mean, obviously, if you can find, a you know, one of the highly allocated one, that's that's great. Now, how do you identify a store pick? Um, there's usually some sort of sticker or logo on it, um, especially like if you if you see it at Total Wine or Specs, there'll be a, a sticker somewhere on it that's pretty obvious on the front of the bottle. That lets you know it's a it's been picked by that store or or by a by a it could even be like by a pick group. Some of the smaller stores, especially in Houston, I know like yeah. there's different you know bourbon picking groups that are on Facebook. Yeah, and different Houston mediums. Bourbon Society. I know yeah. Michael Migna had I think it was a Jack Daniels one that was a Houston Bourbon. Society yeah, Houston pick. Bourbon yeah. Society's one in Houston. I mean, there's there are plenty of them all over the place, um, but that's one of the ones you can go to and you can find out some of these smaller stores that, that carry those and you can get a store pick and try to at least start introducing yourself to what a single barrel is, what this pick group's palette might be. And if it aligns right. with what you like, and if it does great, then that, then that gives you some feedback of, okay, I need to be on the lookout for this group. When they do barrel picks, it might be something I want to look at. Or if you try it and it's not at all your style, then you know me, okay, maybe this pick group's not for me. Now, one other topic uh, we'll, we'll hit on is, is the pricing of bourbon in the store. So um, if you're, if you're limited yourself to places like total wine or specs or longhorn liquor, I think you're, you're going to pay the normal manufacturer sticker recommended price, but it's going to be hard to find the smaller liquor stores may get a bottle or two of the good stuff, but they will raise the price. I mean, last year, I think Blanton's was $130 somewhere. The, don't don't pay that. Or the sticker price is <laughs> like sixty five or ish. yeah yeah sixty five. So you know you have to be careful because you might see that bottle that coveted bottle you've heard about. I mean, one of the ones we we kind of joke about is Eagle Rare, but we've even seen like Weller Special. Like we mentioned it earlier. Like, yeah. You know Weller Special Reserve, which is a a, a twenty five dollar. Uh, you, you can, milliliter. You get, yeah, I was gonna say you can get the 1.75 liters of that for like 40 bucks. Yeah, and and yet we've seen it for double and triple that yeah. at the smaller stores. So so just be careful as well because I've also I ran into that myself early on, and I know I know a lot of people that have gotten into it are like, oh, I know this is a good one. I've heard it, and they're not they don't realize what the price should be. Right, and so they buy it. And and to be honest, sometimes that you know paying some of those prices a little over is still better than buying a hundred dollar bottle at sticker price of a different bourbon i mean there's some very high priced bourbons out there right you know four hundred dollar bourbons that my opinion aren't that good like regular price so so what are let's name a couple of gate like what we call gateway bourbons that we would recommend to people like if you're just starting getting this or if you're interested in it but you don't want to go super down the rabbit hole has to be easy to get right yeah exactly so, so buffalo trace number one buffalo trace and weller special reserve are great gateway bourbons but you can't get them all the time 
Um, you can get them, uh, but some, but they're getting harder and harder to find. But time of year, it's it's interesting because sometimes of year the shelves will be full of them. Sure. And sure. then they may be off the shelf. So those are good ones to get, but they're just not always available. Yeah, if if you can easily get a a regular Buffalo Trace or regular Weller Special Reserve, the green label, um, those are great ones that are a really approachable price point. Uh, really solid bourbons they're, they may not blow your socks off but they're really good bourbons they're drinkable they're th- with the price they're at like i don't mind making a cocktail with with something that's costing me 18 22 bucks something like that yeah, or, or dropping an ice cube in it or something like that without and, and and we won't talk get into the water thing that's another topic right um, but let's talk you know things that you can always buy in the store uh, four rows of single barrel we had another yes. taste of it today i mean we've had it plenty of times but uh the four four roses single barrel pick um, are they're pretty accessible, pretty easy to find about in stores. About forty-five bucks, yeah, I think. Some, yeah, yeah, somewhere around forty, forty-five. Um, not gonna, you know, hopefully it won't break the bank. Um, but really good, really approachable, easy, easy to drink. Evan Evan Williams single barrel is another good one if you want to get into the single barrel aspect. Um, and again, remember, Evan Williams single barrel is is very different than Evan Williams, you know, the the white label or whatever the the, the lowest end version. Ex- expressions are very interesting. Um, you know, Old Forester, just to go into this, Old Forester has only one mash bill, but they have like 10 different, 10 different bottles and flavors and price ranges. Right. And they're all different, but it's, a, it has to do with how long they age them, where they age them, uh, single barrel versus small batch versus other. Um, you know, my, my other favorite one, um, I, I think the easiest to get one right now that is my favorite daily drinker type bourbon is Larceny. Um, larceny is like 23 to 24 dollars and it's a weeded bourbon it's a very smooth drinker yeah i mean there's there's some really good ones out there really super approachable ones um but those those are a few like i said find what you like you know we're not experts on this no well but it doesn't matter if we're experts or not you may not like what other people like and that's what's most important about bourbon is drink what you like it's the same thing true for beer and wine and everything else like just because somebody says this particular beer, this particular wine is the best, you may not like it. Right. And, and so don't fall into that trap. Right. And, and again, it's, it's easy to, and it's just like everything with barbecue. It's easy to see the popular barbecue dish on Instagram and immediately want to start making that dish. It's easy to see like the person flashing their big bottles of, you know, fancy or, allocated or stuff. Wagyu, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like everybody goes into Wagyu because it's, it's because your favorite guy makes Wagyu. And so other people make Wagyu. Well, then everybody makes it, and guess what? It all tastes the same, and that's not what you want. And and not everybody has the same palates. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing that I could uh, I would recommend to anybody that's interested in getting into bourbon is just find it out for yourself. You know, find out what you like, find out what you but, don't. And like. you may like rye, right? Yeah, you, know, you, you may, may like a different a, a mash bill that's higher in rye because of the the spice flavors to it. And and I I personally I'm not a big rye fan, but it's somebody else maybe and that's okay like that the beauty of bourbon is like it doesn't matter drink what you like yeah absolutely so let's get into kind of what we what we did here today um kind of a a blind taste test that brian and i did um just to to give you guys a little background on this um i poured four you know four sample bottles of bourbons i had at my house brian poured four sample bottles bottles he had at his house and then, you know, we labeled them one through four, A, B, C, D, whatever. Um, and then he sampled the bourbons that I tried, not knowing at all what was in, in the bottles and vice versa. And from there, we kind of uh, we kind of did our own, like, personal rankings of which ones we preferred. And then after we had tried the, the blind ones, uh, we, we each poured each other the sample bottles that 
that came from our respective houses. So I didn't. I'm already getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't know. Like I knew the four bottles I had poured, but I didn't know like what was actually in my glass. So Brian which, poured which them. Which order? Yeah, which right, order they were in? Right. So yeah. Brian Brian poured them blind. And I had know. no idea what he had poured. He had no idea what I had poured right. from our our thing. And and we do this on for many levels. And we do this because also we have some. We, you know, we've been very lucky, and we have some very good bourbons. Um, but we want to make sure that we like it because we like it. We don't like it because it's rare or we don't like it because it's expensive. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so we mix things up and, and we went, not, and that's not to yeah. say the rare stuff isn't great, no, you know, but no. we don't want it. To, yeah. It's so easily been influenced by the label or by what, you know, we're told we're supposed to like. So it's cool to, to, to try these blind and really get that honest opinion of, right. okay, I really like this bottle or that bottle. I mean, sticker price of, we'll go through the, the, the specific ones, but sure. sticker price of what we did was from $22 for a bottle up to, um, uh, not quite. Uh, maybe maybe right at a hundred dollars for the bottle. No, no. Uh, three twenty-five sticker. Was that your highest? No, 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 no. No, no that was secondary. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe a hundred dollar sticker, but secondary prices. And this is again, if you can't find it on the shelf, people are reselling it, and the small liquor stores are just putting whatever sticker price they want on it. Right. Like like the car dealers doing the market adjustments. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Okay. Um, so the four, price, yeah. yeah, the four that I poured for Brian, the four blind ones that he tasted ranged from i would say the cheapest one was 50 uh the most expensive one was 200 secondary or regular these are regular Regular, retail prices and and mine was like from 22 to um right at 100 Um, but secondary is crazy secondary my my most expensive secondary bottle sells for 925 bucks and andrew's sells for 325 bucks yeah but but again crazy yeah crazy prices do not pay them we do not recommend paying them i cannot ever recommend that um but but brian got to try the four that i blind poured for him so uh what were what were some of your thoughts and favorites on the ones well let's well we gotta list them first okay yeah so so i'll i'll start with mine because you didn't so uh, (laughs) so (laughs) the the first one that the first one that i had was a whistle pig it's it's a 17-year bourbon, but it has a 10-year label. A little bit of backstory to it. I'm not going to go into it, but it's a 17-year bourbon from Whistlepig. Uh, the next one that I poured is is a Weller Special Reserve. A pretty pretty common thing. Just a little hard to get, but pretty common. And then Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, which is a, a hotter, higher alcohol content. Um, uh, it's Barrel Proof means that they don't water it down. Yep, and just to give you a little uh, background on Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, um, Elijah Craig releases, I want to say it's three different barrel proofs every year, and it's from three different times that they dump barrels throughout the year. Um, So you'll see a sticker that says, uh, for example, A921, A, or B621, whatever it is, that's always just related to the month and year it's being poured. So three times a year you should see that go. Yeah, except this one was particularly special because this was a pour your own so i i went to the heaven hill distillery i got to actually bottle the juice myself and it's actually called batch y um, but but it's really the same juice for the most part right um, the last one that i poured is a super special one i won a recent raffle and i won some bottles of stag and not stag jr but george t stag um, and this is george t stag 2020 the, the the other than the fact that it's really good um, it's 130 proof but it like we said earlier it does not drink like 130 proof and we'll talk about that um, Andrew your four that you poured uh, the four that I poured were a Blanton's regular Blanton's single barrel 
um, a Larceny Barrel Proof, um, which, you know, as we just discussed, is, you know, the non-watered down proofed out of the barrel version of Larceny. Um, Joseph Magnus Cigar Blend and Weller Full Proof. Um, and the proofs on those went from 93 for Blanton's. I want to say it was around 120 for Larceny Barrel Proof. I don't know the exact number. Um, the Joseph Magnus Cigar Blend is super hot. It's a 138 proof. And then the Weller Full Proof is a 114 proof. Yeah, and and we kind of mentioned it earlier. I'm not big on the really hot proof wise. Um, I I like my bourbon a little milder. Uh, I will I will water down my full proofs or put it on ice if I'm drinking that most of the time, but not all the time because again, the proof alone doesn't mean how hot it is. The it it really comes down to the bourbon itself, but it's a general indication. I mean, if you're drinking 80 proof bourbon. You're going to drink some pretty watered down, literally watered down bourbon from right. the start. Yeah, yeah. The, the the minimum proof that they can sell bourbon at is 80. Um, so yeah, if you're drinking one that's in the 80s, you're getting a pretty watered down product. That's not to say it can't be a decent product, but it is a pretty watered down version of what bourbon can be. All right, so let's go through the drinks. Do you want to do um, yours or mine? Um, go ahead and talk about the you know how you ranked mine that blind tasting them which one was your favorite sure so um i had i guess you'll have to remind me which sure, one sure. it is yeah because we because what we do in order to try to do this blind is we we do the numbers and then we then we rearrange the numbers so we really don't know what we're drinking um i'll start with kind of the 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 least favorite of mine which was the number one it was to me it was just too hot it was just too spicy that that was the joseph magnus cigar blend um, which, but again, the, what I told Brian after he tasted it is that that is one that is better and opens up more and you can taste more of it when you put just literally drop, when we talk putting a few drops, we're literally talking about an eydropper and taking a couple of drops of water and putting it into the glass and just, and you can switch it, can, it around it really a little transforms bit. It, too, it does. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll taste some different notes in it. And we're not going to get into like, if you, if you listen to people in the bourbon world they'll give you all these different descriptions of flavors and aromas and subtle hints of this we're not yeah, that yeah, sophisticated yeah. guys like uh, what was it? a playful hint of bubble gum was <laughs> one we mean, heard today <laughs> you guys have heard us talk about barbecue for long enough we're not that eloquent when it comes to no. words uh so we're not going to get into much of that i mean yes if i can taste cherry i'll tell you cherry but i'm not going to give you subtle hints of a mountain dew or whatever the yeah, f- yeah, you know yeah. not doing that but yes, uh, Joseph Magnus Cigar Blend, which was Brian's least favorite, does open up more with a couple drops of water because it is a very high-proof bourbon. And, and I'm going to flip it, and I'm going to go to my most favorite next. And my most favorite was the number two one. My notes on that that I wrote down, I said it just it smells wonderful, and it's very smooth. And number two was? Was Brian's favorite thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I put this in the blind test. Both. He's every time we've done a blind test, he's put this in, and every time I've gotten it. Uh, yes, so, yes. I didn't know what it was, but it was my favorite. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian loves Blanton's. He does. He absolutely loves Blanton's. I knew he would love it. Um, but but again, I mean, Weller 12 know. and Blanton's are my. Okay, let's stop real quick. Weller 12 and Blanton's are my number one and two. What are your number one and twos just right off the bat? Oh, that's hard. We can come back to it later. Yeah, all right, all right, let's fine. come. I mean, that's yeah, those, so hard. those are my number two, uh, my number one and two, and they're not easy to find, but. but We've proven time and time again through this process that I like it because I actually like it. I don't like it because um, uh, who's the actor that drinks Blanton's? Oh, the Keanu Reeves, yeah, Keanu uh, John Reeves. Wick. Yeah. yeah, John Wick drinks Blanton's. I, I don't drink it because of any of those things. I drink it because I actually enjoy it. 
um, my so that was my number one favorite. We talked about my least favorite. My second favorite was number three, and I said it was. I said my notes on it were hot. It reminded me a little bit of E. H. Taylor, but it was just a little hotter than E. H. Taylor. Yeah, and number three was the Larceny Barrel Proof, um, which is a weeded. Like E.H. Taylor. So, yep. yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I absolutely prefer the weeded bourbons. Again, just my, my thing. I like uh, weeded bourbons have a little sweeter flavor. Yeah, and then uh, and then your... I, my third favorite, third favorite was number four, was which... Was Weller Full Proof. Yeah, yeah Weller Full Proof. And I, and I wrote down, I said it's smooth, but it's not quite as smooth as the one ab- above it. And so I think that's an interesting point for me. Is And, and I kind of knew this because I've had Weller Full Proof and it wasn't my, my favorite favorite, but... You know, the Larceny Barrel Proof is, if you can find it, it's like $55 maybe. Um, Weller Full Proof, if you can find it. Retail is also around $55, $60. Yeah, it's but hard second, to find retail. Yeah, but yeah, secondary is just like completely different. Yeah, it, it's wise. it's really tasty. Um, I'm a big fan of Weller Full Proof. Um, I, I can't say it's my favorite of the Weller line. I really do love Weller 12 a lot. Weller Full Proof is really one of my favorite bourbons that are, I would say, you know, over the 100 level and proof-wise. Uh, it's 114 proof, but being a weeded bourbon, it does tend to drink a little smoother. I just, I think it's a really, really darn good bourbon. Um, it's, it's one of my, one of my go-tos, you know, if, uh, if I've got a couple of bottles and I've been lucky that I've not run out of bottles of it yet, but it's probably going to happen soon because they're very hard to find. Um, they're only getting harder to find. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I refuse to pay the crazy prices. Um, but, but yeah, those, those were yours in order of, you know, le- m- you know, most to least favorite were Blanton's. Uh, Larceny Barrel Proof, Weller Full Proof, and then the Joseph Magnus Cigar Blend. So then I tried yours, the ones that you poured for me blind. Um, and my favorite was, you label yours A, B, C, D. And yes. my favorite was D. Yes, and D was Stag 2020, George T. Stag. Again, another Buffalo Trace product, um, part of their BTAC collection, pretty much unobtainable. And I just absolutely lucked out a couple weeks ago. Um, one three freaking bottles of this stuff three bottles yes my wife flew to (laughs) chicago to go pick them up um you know it wasn't cheap to pick them up but i wanted them to be safe and i thank god i have a a loving and understandable wife about this crazy crap that i do um so 2020 was actually the highest proof of them all at 130 but really highly regarded and um, I, I cracked it open. I really loved it. And so I, I wanted to sneak it in just to see if he could, you know. And that's why I also put in Weller Special Reserve. I put in, you know, something that one of the most regarded and, and something that's still good, but not highly regarded. And, yeah, Andrew's first pick was the one that made the most sense. Yeah, it was. I mean, and, and my first note on it was was the age. I mean, you could you could smell it. You can see it in the glass. And when I say that, when bourbon sat in the barrel for longer, it's going to have a darker color because it's had more contact with that charred barrel. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was a really dark mahogany type color. You could smell the oak in it. You could taste the oak in it. Um, so, yeah, the, the first thing, you know, the first thing that I wrote down when I tasted that was about the was referring to the age of it. You could delicious. Taste yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. like it's it's delicious is a good word to use for bourbon because it encompasses multiple aspects of the flavor. Yep. And, and C was my next pick. Yep. And C is Elijah Craig barrel proof. Yep. I, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of uh, Elijah Craig stuff. Heaven Hill um, is the distillery that does Elijah Craig and a number of others. Um, it's about, I think that one's about 120 proof. It's, it's high, but it's yeah. not as high. It's it, not crazy. It, high. It's yeah, still, it's yeah. still very drinkable to me. Yep. The next one uh, uh, on my list was, was a 
Yep. And A was the whistle pig 17, which kind of surprised me because again, for me, it's a little, it's a little hot. Um, but it, it's a very complex drink. Yeah. And, and it was definitely a good step behind the first couple that I tasted in terms of how much I liked it. Um, but, but it did have, it did have a solid flavor to it. It didn't, I, I'll tell you one thing. It did not taste 17 year aged. Yeah. And, and I, I don't even know if it really is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, it, it's, it's an interesting side trick it, and we weren't going to go down that. Um, but it, they don't even have 17 year labels. And so I think they said it was an accident, like they found some barrels in the back or something, but it's, it's branded as a 10, but it's a very specific one that, that does have a special label that indicates that it's not 10, but, right. um, but they only have a 10-year label on there. Yeah. Right, and, and that one, from a price standpoint, kind of turns both Brian and us off. Uh, Whistlepig, those 10-year and up ones tend to be pretty pricey, kind of out of our range. Like for, for, me, uh, for me, and I think for Brian too, like for us to spend upwards of 90, 100 more on a yeah. bottle of a bourbon, We've got to have a. It's got to have a really good track record. We have to really want it. The forty to sixty is is really where I like to be max. I mean, because like I said, larceny at twenty two. Um, I'm very interested in in how benchmark's going to play out, but benchmark is is in the twenties. Um, you know, there's there's some really good bourbon that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg for, especially if you're just getting into it, or if you're still preferring to mix it. Um, you know, don't spend if you're mixing your bourbon, don't get the high end stuff because you're going to dilute it with other other things anyway. Right. Yeah. And my last one was B. And my first note on it was wheat. Yes. And that's Weller Special Reserve, which is a weeded <coughs> bourbon. It is uh, the least expensive of the Weller's and um, the easiest to find. Easiest yeah. to find. But it's still not that easy to find. Like, yeah. I mean, it comes and goes, especially yeah. in Texas. Um, yeah. It's more accessible in Texas than almost any other state. I'm not sure why that is. Um, but Texas seems to get more of it than most places do. Yeah, it's it's a great if you see it on the shelf, it's a great one to pick up. Um, I prefer it over Buffalo Trace, but um, both from the same distillery. Um, but it's it's a great quality bourbon at a low price, but it's just a little bit harder to find. Um, but it's, it's called Weller Special Reserve. It's green label because guess what color the label is? It's green. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that we tried uh, this time. And, um, you know, like I said, lucky for us, we... we... Oh, I, I do have to brag, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So, so after after we tasted ours blind, Brian then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. yeah, yeah. Brian then poured all four ones that I had taken from my house and and made me blind taste them without knowing you know which one was one two three four and i got all four of them right so yes, I, I i was very proud <laughs> yes it was very and, and and surprising because i mean it is hard to tell it is the nuance i mean like if you're talking about you know a, a 15 year or a high proof either thing you're going to be able to kind of spot that out but it's as you get closer into the aging and and barreled you know timing and char and all of that it gets it's more and more subtle um and and like andrew said i mean we're not at the point of saying oh this one has notes of elderberry and this one has notes of blueberry and this one tastes <laughs> like a pancake and somebody mentioned that right like pancakes and maple syrup and you know, like no i mean we're not sir we're this not is that. wendy's yeah yes um so you know we're, we're not we're not at that point i mean we've never been at that point and i don't think we ever will be but um, we know what we like, which is which is cool, and we definitely recommend. Like, this is a lot of fun. Um, it is. It's also a good way. Like, like I had not had um, the mangus ever, so it was a good way for Andrew to throw something at me that that I've never had, and so it's a good way if you're doing this with a buddy or a friend or um, a, 
a stranger that's going to be your friend, I guess. Um, you <laughs> Depending know, how good the bourbons are. Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, you, you need to have some kind of base rules, and we do. Like, you know, we're not we're not going to do a nine dollar bourbon, and we're not going to do a thousand dollar bourbon. Um, we're going to try to find some things, and they have to be open on our shelf. We're not just going to open it just for this. But I I love this more than anything because, again, it it kind of validates what you like. Um, and it may it may surprise you, and you may realize that you don't like it as much because all the marketing has kind of influenced you. Yeah. Uh, again, it goes back to what we've been saying throughout the whole episode. Your only way you're going to find out what you like in bourbon is to ch- taste different types of bourbon. Don't just drink the one style or the one distillery. Like, try a few different things. Find out what is your jam. You know, find out what what you know what gets you going. What makes you want to drink more of it. You know, there are certain bourbons that I can drink two or three pours of. There's certain bourbons that I like, but I only want to drink one pour of, and then I'm done with it. And sometimes, again, the, the beauty of having a, a liquor cabinet that has multiple bottles is that sometimes you can start with one and go to the other. So you can start with a strong one and go with a weaker one later, you know, full proof to a lower proof and vice versa. All of those things. Doesn't mean you have to drink 12 glasses of bourbon. I'm just saying that <laughs> if you're going to drink more than one glass, you might want more than one expression, as they call it. Um Back to back to trying and, and things like that. Come to Kentucky, um, do the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Go to go do these tastings because you get to taste multiple varieties and you learn more about it. They they tell you about it. You learn more about that particular brand, but then do more than one brand a day, and and you'll start to learn more and more about what your flavor profile goes to. Right, and as always, drink responsibly. Be safe with what you're doing. We we always that is always paramount. And have fun with it. Again, they, they have bourbon tours yeah. and buses that you can take out here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Find what you it. like. Drink what you like. Don't let social media tell you what you're supposed to be drinking. There you go. Unless we tell you. Then you should drink it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, you should buy it and let us drink it. There you go. Um, anyway, um, not that there's any bourbon companies listening, but um, yeah, come talk to us. You know, We'd love to talk to you. We, we, one of the things that we haven't had on the show is a distillery, a, a master distiller. Um, because we, if we find the right person with the right passion, we'd love to talk about it because we, we, again, we think there's some parallels to barbecue anyway, but, um, we like to talk about it. Um, we got to go at, at Charleston food and wine, um, high wire, high wire distilling. Yeah. Yes. And, and they brought in a guy that, um, had some wonderful stories about, uh, uh, Julian. Yeah. Um, Julian Van Winkle. And, and so like those things, like, like again, stories are awesome to talk about anyway drink what you like let us know if you like this let us know if you'd like us to talk more about it less it's okay if you tell us talk less about it or go do something else guys you know don't don't pollute your barbecue with bourbon this is not going to be the bourbon show um if we do anything more along the lines of bourbon we may create you know a a series that's separate from the barbecue we're always going to eat barbecue we're always going to talk about barbecue but we we we're we're fat guys we like other things other than just yeah barbecue. we just put away a whole entire pizza sitting in a hotel room <laughs> yes, so yes, yes. That, that's our life <laughs> yes, yes. now thank you guys like it's it's cool to get to branch out hopefully you guys enjoy this please give us some feedback on it it really is nice for us to hear even if your feedback is stick to barbecue you idiots um like even if that's what your 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 feedback hey, is we'd love you to know a lot you. about bourbon and you want to come show us the ropes that's fine with us too as yeah. long as you bring mm-hmm. bottles yeah yeah good. yeah yeah bottle shares that's the way to do it all right everybody Thanks again. Again, we are Tales from the Pits. Um, This was a special episode about bourbon.